You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Welcome to Full Access OK. My name is Skyler Cooper. I'm here with Steve Berg. Hello. You catch us every weekday afternoon on the KRMG Afternoon News, 4 to 6 p.m. on 1023 KRMG, Tulsa's News and Talk. And we're glad you're here for Episode 2 of Full Access OK this year. This week we head out to Jinx to check out the Oklahoma Aquarium, which, this may surprise you, it did us, has been open for 20 years now. Yeah, it was a big anniversary last year, the 20-year anniversary. The aquarium opened May 28, 2003. The origin, though, goes way back. The founders, Dr. P.R. Ramey and Doug Kemper, started dreaming up the opening of an aquarium like this in this area back in 1984. But as you'll hear, the aquarium is thriving today like never before, and you can't help but feel happy to be there when you walk in and hear all the games for the little kids, the sounds of rushing water, and of course, the striking visuals like the massive carousel that's right inside the front door. Absolutely. Our guest today was part of the team that moved here to Oklahoma from Galveston, Texas, to help design and open the facility. Dr. Ann Money is the Director of Development and Research at the Oklahoma Aquarium. She answers the question that a lot of people asked when they heard an aquarium of this size was opening here. Why in the middle of the country? My answer to that is always, well, that's the best place possible for one. So why not the middle of the country? Uh, because there are, are people here, kids here specifically, who may never have the chance to go to the coast because they don't live on one. So this brings the ocean to them. There were some challenges I remember early on because you're basically building things from scratch. Yeah. It's, it's not like there's an assembly line that manufacturers custom-made shark tanks, for example. Yes, it would have had to do with like uh, design, supply chain, all the things that go into, like you were talking about build, building an aquarium, especially because we are in the middle of the country, so we are what's called a closed aquarium, closed water, as compared to like a, a Monterey Bay, which is an open system aquarium because they pull water straight in from the bay. We, of course, can't do that because it would be Arkansas River water, and <laughs> our sharks wouldn't like that very much, although our bull sharks would like it. Some of our sharks wouldn't like it very much. Um, so we literally had to build all of the filtration to make sure that not only could we make the salt water, that we could continue to filter it and reuse it. So environmentally, fiscally, we don't ever want to put water down the drain. So we recycle, we filter and recycle every drop. I realize this covers a lot of ground in 20 years, but yeah. walking in today, what's different from when you walked in here 20 years ago? Is there a, Were there structural changes at all in those times, or is it mostly exhibit-based that's changed? Wow, yeah, that's a great question. So it's very different from when I first walked in here, because when I first walked in here, there were no walls. So it was just a concrete slab, I think, when I, when I first got here. But we try to either remodel or build a new exhibit every one to three years. Um, sometimes that's a lot faster. We'll, we'll do two in a year. Um, and sometimes there's maybe like a three or four year lag in there, depending on what the what phase we're in. Um, 
so things have changed tremendously. The layout of the galleries have changed. We've pushed out the fo footprint twice, once for uh, the Ozark Stream and once for Sea Turtle Island. And then within the galleries themselves, all of them except for one has been remodeled in some way, whether like in the invertebrates gallery, we, we pulled out an entire wall that ran, ran down the center of that gallery because it really was impeding the flow of traffic. And we didn't feel like the, the smaller tanks along that wall were worth the impediment to the, the flow. So we took that wall out in Extreme Fish, the next gallery, we built the Amazon exhibit in there. So that was a huge undertaking. Aquatic Oklahoma is the only one we have not remodeled, but that is in the works. We've got funding for it. So it's just a matter of when, you know, when our crew can can make it happen. The Eco Zone, boy, that has, we have the kelp caves now. Uh, the Polynesian Reef was remodeled in, um, it opened in 2019 and it had been completely stripped down and, and redone. The shark exhibit, the tunnels going down into the, the shark exhibit um, so that when you're under it have been completely remodeled with graphics, informational graphics, and kind of fun things like a megalodon jaw hanging from the ceiling, things like that. So yeah, very different. One thing that hasn't changed, I think, you tell me if I'm wrong, is that the sharks from day one have kind of been the star of the show and remain so, right? Our big sharks are absolutely our number one superstar in the aquarium. And the, and the reason being is that they are bull sharks. And bull sharks are the most unique shark in the world in that they can survive in both fresh and salt water. And we don't know of any other species of, of shark that can do that. Um, so the females will actually come into very shallow water, which is almost completely fresh water, to pup to have their, their young. And then they'll actually swim up rivers. They found them 1,500 miles up the Mississippi and 2,500 miles up the Amazon. So we are also the only facility that has bull sharks in the Western Hemisphere and we have the largest collection in the world. So that in and of itself, they're just cool sharks, you know. In fact, the, the book Jaws was based on a, a live event, a real event that happened with a bull shark, but great whites look a lot more scary and impressive. Um, but we also, the bull sharks have the strongest bite force of any species of shark, so based on size. So if you have a great white and a bull shark side by side and they're the same size, the bull shark's gonna bite harder. So people wanna do research with them. And there are not very many places that you can go into a controlled environment and work with bull sharks. There's maybe two or three, us being the only one on this side of the world. So we open our doors to all legitimate research that, that people want to conduct. And we feel it's very important for our animals to be utilized for research that, that helps not only people, but helps the sharks themselves, helps shark populations. And so all the work that we do either directly benefits um, human health through uh, like mooring lines to weather buoys. Sharks bite through them, they float off to sea, and so they use our sharks to, to come up with new materials for those mooring lines. Well, if those weather buoys are out of commission, that, that's how we find out hurricanes are coming, tsunamis are coming, they, they are the early warning sign for us, and so without them people die. So I always like to tell people our sharks right here save lives around the world. And then we also do work looking at shark deterrent technology, whether it's on a surfboard or in a wetsuit. And that's a way to not only help humans, but the fewer shark bites we see, the happier the shark populations are because, you know, we're not 
going out there trying to get rid of them. And I've seen how, uh, I think it's once a year, there's the program to allow folks to dive with the sharks. Do you need to be qualified for that? Or could I, because, I mean, I'm not certified to dive or anything, but is anything beyond that or just be a little bit crazy to want to get in there with a shark? I mean, I can go throw you in right now. No. I'm, I'm good. I'm good, actually. Got yeah. The, got the chainmail suit. We do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, well, you actually can't get in because you're not certified to dive, so I should clarify that. But um, yeah, so Dive with the Bull Sharks is a contest that I, th- I believe we just had our fifth year. I think it's actually our sixth year, but we had a pause with mm-hmm. COVID. And we did it because so many people want to get in that tank because it's kind of a cool thing to say you've been in a tank with a dive with a bull shark or dove with a bull shark or whatever the case may be and so we opened it up and we have got so many (laughs) entries for it and so we actually ended up more recently we split it into two different raffles one for in-state one for out-of-state so and what's really funny is the out-of-state winner this year had just left Tulsa and moved to, I believe it was Michigan, Michigan or Minnesota. So had just moved there, but had been entering into the contest every year while he lived here in Tulsa. So that was kind of funny. That, so they both kind of ended up being in state. But it's just, it, for us, the reason that we do it, of course we love to give people opportunities, but more so it brings awareness to, to shark populations. So we, I mean, we facilitate it with, with uh, dive safety guides and things like that, but it shows you that you can get in a, a tank with 10 of the most dangerous sharks in the world and get back out again and be fine <laughs> with all your limbs. And how is that? What, what is their nature that that's a safe thing to do? All sharks, when, when they bite a person, it's a case of mistaken identity. So uh, when you hear about tiger shark attacks, and in fact, there just was one in, in Hawaii, it's because they, they hunt, sharks hunt from the bottom up, so they look up the water column. And if you're floating on the surface, you may look like a sea turtle or, or a seal or a sea lion. So they come up and they take that bite because they think you're something else. With bull sharks, it's because they go into very shallow water and they go into that fresh water like I was talking about, and both of those are murky. So they tend to be murkier, so they can't see, and they can sense the electricity from our muscles as we're playing in the surf or whatever it is we're doing. So they come and take an exploratory bite. As I said, they have the strongest bite force per pound though. So a bull shark bite is a pretty bad day at the beach. But again, it's because they can't see. So in our tank, the water's crystal clear. They can see us, and they don't like bubbles. So they go to the other <laughs> side of the tank. I, I try to, you know, I, my goal here, my overreaching goal is to have people leave this aquarium less afraid of sharks than they walked into it. So it's a good way to be able to do that. But the cool thing is that with this exhibit, you don't have to dive with the sharks to kind of really get the full experience. You alluded to the tunnel that was renovated. You can actually get the experience of being underwater by basically walking through the shark tank itself. You sort of feel like you're walking underwater, right? For people that haven't been here and haven't experienced it yet, that's one of the real cool things about that exhibit. When we opened, it was it was kind of a, a, a one-of-a-kind tunnel, the way that it was very, there, there were very few seams in it. So that was a big deal for us, you know, aquarium people, that was a big deal. Um, but yeah, you walk down the ramps, which is where we did the remodeling, and then you walk through a, an acrylic tunnel. So you're surrounded by, by the sharks. And we do public sleepovers so people can come. We do private sleepovers as well, but people can come and sleep in the tunnel under the sharks. And having done that, I will tell you, I have zero, I mean, I've 
the utmost respect for sharks, but I'm not afraid of them because, I mean, marine biologist. So me sleeping in there, it made me nervous. <laughs> like oh <laughs> if you're asleep you think what's that cracking sound uh. <laughs> well uh, oddly enough our tunnel and our dome are actually our tornado shelter because when people get hurt during tornadoes it's usually from things falling from above but if you're under that that dome or that or the tunnel things will hit the water before they'll hit you so it's it's there's been a couple of times where we've had tornado sirens going off with people in the building and it's very hard to convince people <laughs> that really you want to go hang out with the sharks right now and they're like um i don't think this is a good idea trust me <laughs> saw sharknado we shouldn't do this <laughs> well, exactly and then we actually had the author of the original Sharknado movie come here just because we think it's such a funny, mm -hmm. a funny thing. It is very counterintuitive, though. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. What might surprise someone who's not been here ever or someone who's not been here in a long time? that they come here and say, oh wow, I didn't know they had this. The biggest one right now is not an animal, it's actually the carousel that's in the Great Hall. So you walk in and the first thing you see is this magnific magnificent sea-themed carousel and every animal, every color, every graphic on it is hand-picked by, um, by our, our team. And so it's a one of a kind, it's really beautiful. And then when you're going through the aquarium itself, I think people are often really amazed at the amount of animals we have and the variety of species that we have. So we have 10,000 animals in the building. And I think people are very surprised by that. And people who've never been here, the, the kids especially, you know, kids and adults, that Seymour, our sea turtle, I mean, he just is so interactive and playful and he'll splash people over the acrylic wall and they love it. So Steve, we actually got to experience Seymour, and that's S-E-A-M-O-R-E, -E, by the way, firsthand. He is, as she said, very interactive. Yeah, he's a character. And we got to learn more about him and we got to go behind the scenes and see the area where the tanks are maintained and where they keep Seymour when the tanks need cleaning. Now, I know these have quite the lifespan. How old is Seymour? Seymour is, let me think, he was born in 94, so Whoa. that makes him 30. Did I do my math right Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. Yeah. yeah, I bet he's the star of the show when, until they get to the sharks, right? Yeah. Has, has he always been part of the exhibit? Uh, yeah. Okay. But, so, he has a brother that's behind the scenes, uh -huh. and sometimes we switch them out. Oh, okay. So now we're kind of in the uh, the hum of the beast here, the back room, and I see there's an elevated deck in front of us, so I guess this is where you get up and kind of service the tanks. This is where we bring Seymour back when we have divers in, and this is also where our divers get in and out. So you can see the hookah lines for, for air there. And we get in here, and there's that door, and we go out the door. Okay. Seymour comes in, and we go out right there. Steve, you going to volunteer to get in here and uh, do some sweeping? Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> what does he weigh? About 300 pounds. Whoa. Might even be 325 at this point. We're 20 years old now, but we're still a baby when it comes to zoos and aquariums. You, you know, So when people come here for the first time, I hear a lot, I had no idea. I had no idea we had this in the Tulsa Metro. Now we're recording this in January of 2024, but uh, just people could listen to a podcast at any point. So let's just kind of zoom out a little bit. 
What's coming up this year that's exciting event-wise or attraction-wise, if that's even, you know, maybe looking too far ahead, but whatever you've no, got. No, 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 not at all. We we are actually in a, a flurry of, of growth right now. Uh, one of the first things people will notice in the spring, actually, is that we've put in a really large pollinator garden in the front of the aquarium. So uh, the Stewart Family Foundation generously donated the funds to, to build that, and it's going to be gorgeous. Um, our next huge project is our Aquatic Oklahoma Gallery, which I had alluded to, and most of those changes are going to be what we call dry side, so not inside the tanks, but outside of the tanks. We like to theme things so it feels like you're in the environment. Whenever we change an exhibit, whenever we either redesign or build new or rebuild, we are adding in more and more educational interactive components. So we know that students learn science and STEM from touching and doing and being a part of it in combination with that classroom learning. So we provide kind of that informal side of things. So that is really the most important thing to us is is in order to move forward with ocean conservation, you have to have a population that, that cares about it and, and realizes how beautiful it is and what's under there and that it's 71% of the planet is water. Um, so we really try and get those young brains working and exploring and expanding. So Skylar, we found during our walking tour of the aquarium that those efforts to expand, especially when it comes to research, are well underway. Dr. Money told us they've already broken ground on a new aquatic research center with a research lab in it. And that will replace our current large animal holding and it will actually have um, a research lab in the building which I'm very excited about. Um, The development role is one I took on just a, a couple of years ago. I was the director of education for many 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 years and I felt like I could do more good from a development side at this point than um, but I'm actually a coral researcher. That's what I do. So that's, yeah, that's, that's what my degree is in. So uh, we're, it's going to be a new coral lab in the research center. So I'm really excited about that. Will, there be, will it be for uh, student research or will there be people employed at it? So that, that's the hope. I mean, my, my hope is to be able to take on interns. And, and when I am actively doing research, I do take on interns, usually from OSU. That's a you know such a big research school, uh, but also high school. I'll have high school interns come in. I don't have anything for them right now, but I had high, high school interns count a lot of cells in a microscope yeah. for me, which was lovely. So the, the hope is to be able to bring in undergraduates so that or graduate students so that they can work within a, a lab doing marine biology, which is there's nowhere else they can really do that. So. Is there a timeline on when that might be up and running? It should be. The building should be done in a year, and then it will take us another year to get all the filtration built and the tanks placed. And So it's, a, it's about a two-year project. Completely unaware that there was so much scientific research going on here. Yeah. That's really important for me for, well, because I'm the researcher. <laughs> It's super important for me to for people to understand that and um, you know like I said I took on this role of development in order to get more kids in the the building so my my overreaching goal other than the sharks and people being less afraid of them 
is to bring every student in the region in here at no cost. And the past three years, we've hit 50% or more. So that's a huge, huge deal for us. I hate to ask this question because it sounds so nosy, but how are admissions doing? Are they increasing every year? Are they dropping every year? And then kind of a second part of the question is, do you think the new outlet mall that's going in basically across the street, across the highway, do you think that that will boost admissions? Yes. Yeah, so our our attendance, other than the dreaded 2020, <laughs> you know, uh, has gone up every year. So putting that in perspective, we have a debt service. And by we, I, I actually mean the city of Jinx has a debt service that they took out a uh, bond to, for, to open the aquarium. And it's about a million dollars a year payment. And for the first time in 2019, we met that that debt service. So we were having to be supplemented by the city, uh, but now we are completely standing on our own with it and and then some. So, uh, which is why we're able to do some of these expansions, uh, things that have needed to be done for it. Saltwater is really hard on things. So it was it was time, 20 years, it's time to, to, to make some big changes. So we our, our, our guests are loving it and coming back. We have more memberships than ever, but yeah, we have more people coming through the door than we've ever had. And as far as the outlet mall is concerned, I think it's going to be a great thing for us. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a family outing as well. You, you know, you have the family that will go out and go to the outlet stores and what do you do next? Well, there's an aquarium right there. Let's go to the aquarium and vice versa. I think having the aquarium here will help because it's making Jinx really, uh, you know, the aquarium, the city of Jinx is a destination, but it makes it really a destination for this river district. You had mentioned that people that come here say they're surprised there's something like this in the Tulsa Metro, but I would imagine that this is a big source of pride for the city of Jinx. I mean, it's become a Jinx landmark for sure, right? Oh yeah, I mean, we are the the, the city government supports us so much, and and they are a governing body, so they give us the utmost support, not only financially, but you know, with they pay our payroll, things like that. So yeah, I would say the aquarium is definitely a huge part of the identity of, of Jinx. But, and I said the Tulsa Metro, but, but really it, it extends much further. 40% of our guests are from out of state. So we bring in about 70 plus million tourism dollars to the state every year. And that's really gathered a lot of attention from legislators. In fact, uh, we're working, the, the Lieutenant Governor, uh, Matt Pinnell, is working very closely with us on trying to do some fundraising for all of these projects that we have that we're wanting to do in the future. Dr. Money, thank you so much. Of course, my pleasure. Thanks for coming out. Steve, it had been a few years for me since I had been out to the aquarium. So doing this podcast, it's a good thing. It really sparked my curiosity. I definitely won't wait so long to go back this next time. And I touched a ray while we were there. I think it was a cow nose ray. It was slimy and I didn't like it. Yeah, she said, and they trim the barbs on their stinger. I guess it's called a stinger. Yeah. For, for safety. So... If you want to learn more or buy tickets, you can go to okaquarium.org. Thanks for listening. This has been Full Access OK. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. 
terms apply.